What's up, peoples? Welcome to episode 216 on Underground Cartoon Therapy. I'm your host, Adam Aaron, GED, And this is the fucking Cliff Burton episode. Dedicated to all true metal motherfuckers out there left. Master of Puppets signifies for a lot of people, and it does for me as well, the pinnacle of the Cliff Burton era. It was the culmination of that lineup. For me, it was Cliff Burton's time to really shine. James and I, and mine, outlook was very narrow in the beginning. And so, you know, Cliff Burton shows up and starts talking about the Eagles or Simon and Garfungal or Jethro Tull or Misfits or all this different stuff. And so we went broader and broader in our scope. He was into some pretty obscure stuff, but a true and total musician. He loved music. He was probably the only one in the band that had studied music properly, you know, going to uh, music classes, studying theory, and he introduced harmony to me. Cliff was not a fan of headphones, so we had like a pair of really big JBL speakers piled up in the main room, and would stick his bass in another room, and he'd jump around in there playing. So you'd see this hair thing jumping up and um, down in, in the control room mirror, and he was in there. Because normally you'd do drums and bass and then dub guitars. And I went, this is all guitar riff-based music. So if he does the bass first and has a certain feeling, that means that we have to play the guitar riff to that feeling. I went, that's not a good idea. Let's do the guitars first. At first, I was actually kind of frustrated because I wanted it to be like, you know, bass drum, bass type. And I kind of quickly realized that that was not the way he played. So I just let him do it. And he did like two or three bass tracks and I'd just take the best bits. He was, he was king of that. He always had lots of different ideas that were layered. And, you know, because it was bass and distorted, it was a little hard to tell, but it had its own character because it was bass. And he was genius at harmonies and layering and unique phrasings, you know, very classical sounding, you know, not your typical rock stuff at all. And he'd always push it one extra little something, you know. And that's what was so unique about him. And he was a real musician. And I'm pretty surprised that he didn't play guitar. I mean, obviously played guitar, but didn't choose guitar. The music gets uh, pretty intricate now and then. We're not trying to be something big and fancy, you know. It's just us doing what we do. If they consider that selling out, then uh, whatever. What's up? We'll be right the fuck back, dude. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it.
like heavy metal at all. Fuck you! How do they do it? They suck. There's three chords and I still can't get it right. Um, I guess we'll be seeing you at the Battle of Bands then. This is huge for us. This is our moment. No doubt. No doubt. personal, Emily. It's just you're not consistent with the image we're trying to project. And I say no Yoko's. That was inappropriate. I completely agree. I'm talking about you. If you're gonna be all girls with cellos, this isn't gonna work. You need me a lot more than I need you. You're supposed to be his best friend. Metal is power. Metal is to everything. Take off the costume, Krusty the Clown. Turn, dude. What's up, dudes? Welcome to the Cliff Burton Kill 'em All. <laughs> Kill 'em All MDGD. This uh, weed's brought to you by a show that may be toxic. <laughs> Thanks to a bag of shake. Dumpster dive from the Mud Wolf's bowels. No, straight from his bowels. Yeah, totally. We did it. Well, my birthday rolled around. I turned fucking a half a century year old. Still young in vampire terms. <laughs> but... Nonetheless, Mud Wolf was like contemplating what to give me for my birthday, you know. And I came down wearing a pair of like 2013, I think they came out in like 2012 or 13. It was like Kill 'em All bands. They had a couple pairs that came out, but they had to kill 'em all. That was the only Cliff Burton I knew of. Was kind of hoping they would do Ride the Lightning. But Kill 'em All's fucking badass too, dude. And that's the thing. Kill 'em All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets. You may not like Metallica, but those are three of the fucking best metal albums ever fucking made. And the only reason those motherfuckers are that good is because of Cliff Burton. He may argue and be like, no, it was a contribution. And I'm sure, you know, you can't just have a band necessarily jacking off by yourself unless you were me back in 2004 or 5 or whatever when I fucking started doing Pick Crack Out. I thought it was like 2002. <laughs> That's another episode. We will get to that. But for now, 
Cliff Burton being a part of my rock and roll life and a gigantic influence on why I fucking went into rock and roll. You know, I grew up in this household where my dad was trying to fucking force rock and roll. I already liked the sound of it, but I didn't want to play it. I was a fucking cartoonist, man. You know what you're listening to? Underground cartoon fucking therapy? That's where that fucking kind of comes from. But I already knew I wanted to be a doctor and an art therapist when I was a little kid. And technically, I am thinking about going for my therapeutic license. It takes about seven to eight years. I ain't got nothing better to do. I've been putting up with a lot of douchebags for fucking as long as I can. Remember, it'd be nice to fucking actually help out some people. And it's nice when people see you fucking for who you really are, a good person. I don't need anybody that's got something bad to tell about me to sit there and mumble it behind their fucking backs. It's like, you fucking pussy stick motherfuckers, why don't you get the fuck off your ass, you Alaska homebound bitches, California fucking passive-aggressive motherfuckers, L.A., you guys got some fucking damage coming to you. I'm gonna fuck you guys up too, Venice Beach. A particular couple fat-ass motherfuckers and some dumb hoe. And then let's take a look across America and see how bad it's been fucking sucking. You know? And one of the things they take away is rock and roll. And replace it with a bunch of fucking fake-ass metal. It's not a generation thing either. It's a metal thing, dude. If you create something, that's how it sounds. That's legit. When you create something and turn it into your own sound, because you're a fucking Massengill fucking douche, you probably fucking need to go fuck yourself. I was one of those motherfuckers that came from the violent background, listening to this shit. Motherfuckers were tough, too. We were beating each other up. (laughs) While we were getting beat up, ironically. Tough times in America back then. Tough times now. At least we didn't have fentanyl pads down our fucking throat. Now, what do they teach kids in class? Satanism? You think Satanism is cool? No, Satanism is fucking weak as fuck, bro. Do you want to go fucking suck off Trump's fucking chode? That'd be satanic. (laughs) Bud Wolf hooking me up for fucking birthday. Wolfed me up for my birthday, man. Gave me a copy of this. Had two copies of it. So I decided to go ahead and record through the motherfucker. We got Josh on side B coming up. But, you know, this shit's notorious, man. See, when Metal Blade was an old fucking label that was coming out, when Metallica first was coming out, dude, No Hell Till Leather, or whatever that fucking demo's called, with that bassist McGovern, and you had fucking, uh, or he was the actual lead guitarist McGovern, and then you had, uh, Dave Mustang on bass. I don't know what happened with McGovern. I didn't know him. Had no affiliation. We all know 
metalheads know what happened to Dave Mustang. He went on and concocted fucking Megadeth and created Vic and those guys and that whole branch of subconscious metal fucking rendering. But, picking up Cliff Burton, man. Alright, see, the guy would always have these Misfit shirts on. Or Sam Hain, or whatever. He would actually call them by their actual fucking legit name. Sawin. Uh, I call him Sam Hain. But I fucked up and told my mom, my real mom. Not Grandma Gutterpunk, but my fucking psycho mom when I was a kid. That I wanted a Sam Hain tape. And God bless her heart is the only time she was trying to be nice. <laughs> and she wouldn't pick me up a Sammy Hagar tape. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Not even the right man hailing. But you know, Sammy Hagar did bust out one of the best metal riffs. Heavy metal. You guys can go back and listen to the heavy metal episode. Where I talk about cartoonist Mark Bodie being a poser bitch. Still can't wait to fucking sock that motherfucker. I'm going to, too. I'm going to sock him right in his fucking mouth for being a fucking character assassinating bitch. Do something, motherfucker, you fat pussy. There's a lot of pussies out there, man. Unfortunately, a lot of the cartoonists I fucking work with, or have worked with, are pussies. Don't really care what they fucking think about that. <laughs> Still got Kay Larson coming back on the show. She got sick. People are getting sick. And they're acting like fucking lunatics. <coughs> like they want to kill everybody. They're just like, kill them all. Well, I guess that was the inspiration behind this. Because uh, between the COVID and everybody acting like a fucking dick with their social media fucking opinionated bullshit. You motherfuckers don't know shit. Stop talking about right-wing shit. Stop talking about anything else than protecting some shit. If you can't protect kids, elders, animals, elements, like air, water, earth, and now in this case, metal, having more than one definition, played with the devil's cord. (laughs) The devil's trident. Nah, man, Cliff Burton was the only one that was like, he was a metalhead, and they hired his ass, but he was the only one that was like, punk enough to be punk. And that's what he did, he brought the punk in, you know? And, you know, wearing the Misfits, repping the Misfits, and then Hatfield was wearing Misfits shirts and shit, and they were bringing in the mix, man. The original Metal Blade shit with Metallica on there was a lot more harder than this. It was like more Diamond Heady. And there's a lot of Diamond Head influence on this too. I'm not sure which covers there are from Diamond Head. Probably like one or two. I don't think there's more than a few. You guys can go fucking look it up. I felt so bad when Cliff Burton died, man. People were already talking shit before that, too. And I wonder how bad they felt, you know? With their fucking mid-80s fucking meddler-than-thou fucking heavy metal parking lot bullshit attitude. 
oh, Metallica's already selling out. They were already talking about Metallica selling out way back the fuck then. These kids, they were kids, man, like 18, 19, 20. When they did this fucking album, dude, they were 20 and 21. Three years later, Cliff Burton would have been on a bus in Europe with these guys. And Kirk Hammett, according to the story, I might play a snippet, I might not, I don't know, whatever. But I'll tell you straight up, the snippet basically says that, and it's from Kirk Hammett talking about how they were arguing over beds. And Cliff Burton was like, nope, I'm keeping the top bunk, and little Kirk Hammett was like, well, you deserve it, dude. And I bet he regrets saying that. Because what happened next was fucking fucked, you know? Don't know details about how the bus went out of control. Doesn't fucking matter. They killed him. They took him out, man. He wasn't even 25. He was 24 years old. Guy was a fucking musical genius. He was able to touch, you know, that part of the metalhead that was fucking hurting. That needed new sound. I remember this one, too. The first time I heard this, <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah! Grabbed my skateboard and went and thrashed out, dude. Was doing acid drops and all, like, thinking about this song. About two weeks away from getting the tape, putting it on a ghetto box. <laughs> ghetto boom box. <laughs> a ghetto blaster, mother my guy. That's what you had to have. You had to have the boom box and you had to have a, du- a dual cassette recorder. Oh, Mike Diana. He must be doing alright. Did a convention yesterday in New York with uh, uh, our buddy, who I can't remember his name right now. (laughs) But you can go here uh, to Uranus and back. And that's our buddy that he would have worked with, who I can't think of. Because he's not really a metalhead. I don't really care right now. No offense, buddy. Anyway, uh, good episode. Carlo. Anyway, fucking, uh, we're, uh, going through half the fucking side A right now. And it is bitter. I mean, it's very melancholy, man, because here's a dude that we finally could find. Only the good die young, right, Billy Joel? You fuck, you fucking dick, motherfucker. <laughs> Why you gotta say shit like that and mean it? No. Maybe you haven't seen the movie Hasher with Piper Laurie from Twin Peaks and that Gordon fucking Levitt motherfucker who plays the metalhead Hasher. That's a great fucking movie. We'll throw the trailer up here. Metal can save motherfuckers' lives. I call it aggressive therapy, man. That's what I do on this fucking show. I talk to you the way I talk to fucking everybody else. And you're like, God, you talk to everybody like that? Yeah, except for the cute chick at 7-Eleven that I fucking like, because I plan on wearing winning Powerball. Four hundred and twenty million. <laughs> and marry her. Otherwise, everybody else can go fuck off. Nobody's really been doing me any favors or selling me any fucking Cheeto rolls off the 7-Eleven roller the way that she does. 
So with that being said, you know, I uh, remember how hard it hit us, though, on a serious note, man. Cliff Burton fucking leaving. Motherfucker just was like Lemmy in that way, you know. And until I did that episode, Yeevee Scars, I really don't, I trust Yeevee, even though I've known Lemmy most of my life, and I've known her for like a little bit, but I think it took a lot of bravery for Yeevee to come forward and talk about Lemmy being a rapist. Why fuck around? That's what the episode's about, man. It's about Lemmy raping her, man. At one point, I would have considered Lemmy to have the same dexterity as fucking Cliff Burton. But, you know, according to Yeevee, not even close, man. And I think that the reality is that Lemmy probably was a white supremacist fucking rapist motherfucker who probably was power tripping by the time he got out of Hawkwind in Motorhead doing the harder shit. Cliff Burton, he just had this thing where you could totally tell it was about something deeper. There was a a performance to the bass playing where Lemmy would just stand kind of like a tree. And that was cool. That was his thing. You know? But when it was like, you know, before I did the UV Scar episode, and found that horrible shit out about Lemmy, or according to the story, alleged allegations. You know, I thought that Lemmy might be like Cliff Burton. Because, you know, you always hear he did nice things for people and shit like that. But turned out he wasn't such a nice guy, I guess. Which makes sense about a lot of things that followed out and watching these guys. See, I never got to see Cliff Burton, man. Never got to see him. By the time I saw Metallica, Robert Trujillo, forgive me for not pronouncing that right, Robert, because I really don't want you to kick my butt, but, uh, who's an awesome bassist from Black Label, and, uh, he's really picked it up a lot and he testifies that he had seen the ghost of Cliff Burton or at least in his head he felt like he had and Cliff was just there to make sure that he had the spirit to keep keep it up and I can imagine Cliff really cared about these dudes man you can kind of feel it like when they were young they had a bonding you know and I figured that's probably one of the reasons they did jade out and get all corporate and the sound kind of went downhill was from the PTSD of losing someone so fucking brutally man and when they lost him all the metalheads lost him man (laughs) he was 10 years older than me man I was 14 years old which means that by the time I was 11, I was listening to Kill 'Em All. That makes sense. Because by 12, I was listening to Black Flag. Like the next year. Black Flag and DK came in. And there's that fucking punk and uh, 
the punk and the metal coming in and eventually forming thrash. Forming bands like, you know, Metallica's New Sound and Megadeth got, you know, ST was getting in there a little bit. DRI, Broken Bones. These were the fucking names and the banners that were hanging big ass flags. You could go get a Master of Puppets banner and hang it in your living room. Now a Muppets, a, a, a Master of Puppets or a Pastor of Muppets fucking banner would cost you an arm and a leg. It's kind of funny. I got a handful of all this old shit still that's worth a fucking little bit of money now here in the future. Alright, I'm going to shut the fuck up because we got to listen to this, alright? So be quiet. Go ahead, Cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Miss you, man. Didn't have too many positive fucking role models in my life. But I knew way back then, even though Cliff was only a decade older, he would be someone I would look up to for the rest of my life. Now, almost 27 years since you died, bro. And you didn't die. Legends don't fucking die. That's why they're fucking legends. hard not to get a your eyeballs start leaking you know and when I think about sharing this with you guys who haven't heard this or you are my age and you're listening to this show god forbid (laughs) but it might be cool if you're listening to it and you're 14 you know not every episode I do is fucking x rated my language is NC-17 whatever even that's PG-13 now. <laughs> this is history, man. Not all of us were coming from violent backgrounds. But the one thing we had in common was we all love this motherfucker. He was a classical composer. He understood... He understood things, you know. He even told his dad, Ron Berg, who did a series of videos on YouTube, you guys can go check it out, where he goes through uh, a little bit of Cliff Burton's uh, record collection. Yeah, it's Maiden, Priest, Dio, Rainbow. Some uh, Jeff Beck with the uh, Beck Ola album. Pretty much with the first disclaimer hey, heavy metal's getting ready to evolve. 
There's some other shit in there too, man. But you can hear it. It was like the formation of the shit. He told his dad, Cliff Burton told his dad, he said, when he was a kid, Bach is God. Don't forget that, Dad. It must have been a trip being raw and being this kind of like very positive, you know, role model. Living with a, a dude who had this musical fusion and a really old soul. Imagine being that young with an old soul like that. <laughs> and understanding like music, you know. Not just uh, metal, but choosing to put it into metal. And that was the best thing he could have done for kids like us. Who didn't want to turn into a fucking Ronald Reagan box of fucking Kleenex, just say no, motherfuckers, you know. We were rebelling against that. Slayer was rebelling against that. DK was rebelling against that. You know, gangrene was drinking to that. <laughs> but I loved all the punk and metal, man. And I thought Metallica, I wanted to give them props for kind of bridging that and for bringing that in. And not everything Metallica did was fucking awful. Just the shit they have done for the last, you know, 25 years hasn't been that fucking great. Their portfolio hasn't been that great. But the three albums that they did with Cliff Burton pretty much fucking blows all that fucking bad portfolio out of there. If you have a heart and you've been listening to Metallica in the old heydays with Cliff Burton, maybe show some empathy, man. You know? Show some fucking empathy. These guys went through a lot, man. And these days and the fucking latter days and fucking the way everybody's been a fucking dick the ghost of Cliff Burton comes to my more mature adult sensibilities and kind of pleads for that. Oh, by the way, man, anybody who's got a copy of Concrete Socks covering this fucking song, Whiplash, but it's called Mustache, and it's on the album Oops, Sorry, Picard. Hit me up, man. 206-666-5847. I want that fucking album. Concrete Socks was a rare-ass treat. That's some squatter rock, man. <laughs> That's a totally different bag. <laughs> but somehow, these guys, in their younger incarnation, fit right the fuck in, man. We are coming to the end of Side A. Fucking A. Fucking Side A, man. We're going to have Josh... Come join us for side B. Forgive some lower vocals, but uh, for a metalhead, he's got the high, he's got the heart of a soft, a soft little king cat. No, <laughs> and a voice of one too. Sometimes, nah, man. Josh is a true metalhead, and it's been awesome to have him on the show. And all the guests, we got Mike Diana coming back, Kay Larson, Grandma Gutterpunk, 
I got Timmy Irie coming back to fucking do a Rastafarian fucking show, which I have little or no fucking knowledge about Rasta culture, but I didn't want to neglect the fact or the chance to have it explained or displayed or whatever the fucking word is on the show, so, you know, I decided to let Timmy fucking host it with my mom's caretaker, Angel, her first time on the show. My mom knows some Rasta too, so the three of them will dominate and I'll be sitting back listening to Metallica. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What happened? Life happens. We only get this fucking one moment, man. And sometimes it's like a fucking diamond. And sometimes it just burns so fucking bright. The only thing you can fucking do is keep that shine in your head, in your heart. And that's all you get. And that's enough. Let's get the fuck out. We'll be right back, motherfucker. And fucking happy Halloween! News. Vediamo il trailer di Asher, subito dopo le notizie di oggi. like walking in the rain. You can hide and take cover. You can just get wet. How do you know this guy? It's kind of a long story. Hey! 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 I got a doctor's appointment. Burns when I urinate. del regista Spencer Sasser, il film racconta la storia di TJ, un ragazzino di 13 anni che ha perso la madre in un incidente. Vive con la nonna ed il padre, un uomo depresso e incapace di reagire alla perdita della moglie. Ma la vita di TJ cambierà radicalmente quando incontrerà Asher, un anarchico solitario, rabbioso e scorretto, che si stabilisce nel loro garage. Con i suoi modi rudi aiuterà la famiglia ad uscire dal lutto e a ritrovarsi. Nel cast, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Natalie Portman e David Brockwood. We now return, motherfucker. Wait. Now we return. Yeah, that's right.
I always wanted to hear a lounge version of a lot of Metallica songs, you know? Like, what song would you want to hear lounge version of Metallica? Am I Evil? <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, Sanitarium would be really good. So it'd be like, Sanitarium, let me be, yeah. Let me be. <laughs> I'd go see that for a dollar. Fuck right, especially if we get the Velvet Fog to do it. Oh man, the Velvet Fog. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, this is like too. This is too good. To, oh no. I know we do say yeah. some pretty fucking. Awesome shit. I'm sometimes I'm just like, dude, I wish I was recording this fucking shit, dude. No, nah, man. I, mean, I guess, you know, that's the thing, though, is that, like, you know, like you're talking about having, you know, you had a fucked up childhood. I did. But one thing we could always agree on is, you know, is that, that music in itself is a cocoon or it, it is a safe place. To just throw on an album and get just enveloped in it, and you know, and that's the thing is, you know, heroes. I think it is. Um, there's like I have like a constant running animation of, of my own creation for for that particular song, and I always like anytime I hear it, I have like this own film reel playing in my head. About what disposable heroes is. Now, what what do you see in your in this in these films sometimes? Oh, that's Let's break down. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you offline. I don't want people stealing my ideas. They're pretty good, huh? Oh yeah, it's fucking epic as shit. All right, all right, all right. We'll save that. We're you know we'll keep that in the fucking MDGED vault. That's right. Yeah. We gotta, you know, like I said, we gotta. Doctor we, patient confidentiality. Yeah, yeah, we gotta. What was the, what's the, the secret black room, the black offsite room Disney has? Oh, the widow room, dude. That's what I meant. I wanted to bring that up earlier, but yeah. We can bring it up now. It's cool. It's all on the same episode. Cliff Burton, Marvel, you know. It's a Nerd Butter episode. Yeah, I think that's the thing I also like about Cliff is that he looked dirty and mangy. Well, yeah, he had a cool ass fucking style, dude. I mean, let's face he it. Had the scuzz, yeah, he had the scuzz dash, the stringy, fried out hair. Everybody else was, was tiny compared to him, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he just, like I said, he just, he just didn't look. He looked like he was like a foreign stage student, you know? Yeah. I, and, uh, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, he just looked like he, he, he fit but didn't fit, you know? I like how his dad talks about him on the video and he goes, you know, old Cliff, old Cliff like this, old Cliff like that, <laughs> old Cliff. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. he does... Re he probably was like living with an old soul in this kid raising this kid, you know. 
And, and he probably did have like kind of this old soul. He just he felt like it, man. He was someone you could just totally relate to. You felt comfortable with, and he was rocking your fucking brain out. And he was humble, you know. I guess yeah. How does where how's that happen in today's you know topsy turvy metal world with every almost every metal fucking act? Like Rob Halford seems like a decent dude. Like he'd be a nice guy, you know. Hi, hi. Or uh, you know, uh, maybe a couple of them, but not really too many. I don't think many. You know, maybe Scott Ian and Anthrax are approachable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you know maybe Testament and some of those dudes, but uh, or whoever some of these older bands that were playing out with Metallica that are still around and still. With the right attire and the right, you know, hair. <laughs> and right, it right. didn't fucking sell out, you know. And that, you know, when you think about sellout, man, for me, it's like Metallica comes on that the top ten list of fucking biggest sellouts of all time, just to be straight up. Yeah, I think, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's old news, and, and it was way past their, their they had already sold out, but there was, like, yeah. Long ago, yeah, but it was a picture of like it was Hetfield or like multiple Hetfields and a bunch of them, but they were coming out of like Dolce and Cabana, and they just bought a bunch of shit there. And it's like, oh yeah, that's metal as fuck, you know? Like, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you don't have to wear, you know faded jeans and, 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 you know, beat up leather all the time. Yeah. But at the same time, it, you know, there is a, I guess there's a, there's a certain persona that, you know, or, or, or the mentality, I guess, that's the thing, is, you know, and there, I think, you know, the whole Napster thing really kind of fucking fucked me up about them, too, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It was a little disgruntled, disgruntling, you know, like, uh... I guess, I respect them, I, you know, I, I definitely respect people's IP and, and things like that, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if they're getting some type of payment or some type of royalty from it, then who gives a shit, you know, you're, you're already fucking wealthy, like... You think you're going to be that much wealthier because of you know, X, Y, and Z? I don't know. Yeah, and you know, watching this, you know, them uh, in a business sense, you know, it, it's like watching babies. You know, it's like Metallica babies. You know, or <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's ridiculous, man. You know, Robert Julio from Black Labels, like their saving grace, right? And I think, you know, I was watching Robert Trulio uh, talk about, you know, a little bit about Cliff Burton. And he was like, it was right after they hired me and I was in bed and, and I saw this figure, dude. And, and I was like, Cliff? And he was just right in front of me, dude. And uh, I think he wanted to make sure I was like holding this original spirit, whatever could be left, you know. Uh, he didn't say it necessarily like that, but that's how I felt. That's how he was saying it. Like, keep it, keep it on the OG level, you know. Yeah. 
keep it on an OG level. Uh, you know, don't don't forget, you know, that the bass is the backbone, man. And I feel like, you know, maybe that's what he was really... Just his image there. How powerful is that, man? I mean, fuck, dude. You know, to be able to fucking get encountered by the ghost of Cliff Burton. I definitely needed it. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I'm not... I, he, he seems I, like a solid I, dude, you know, for even playing Metallica's new shit and whatever. But he doesn't seem like yeah. the kind of guy they could really boss around either. Like, he probably wouldn't be oh, putting no. up with that kind of shit, dude. I wouldn't want to boss Robert Julio around. That's a big dude. Yeah. He's a big guy. Not only that, but, you know, he's a solid... He seems solid in his attitude. and You know, they've had him for a long-ass time now. And uh, he's been the solid dude for them. So, you know, that's good on that end. But, uh, you know, as far as whatever they were still, uh, not even the bass can really bring that back, you know? No, not at all. And that's, I guess that's the thing is, I heard a Metallica song on the radio recently. And I couldn't tell you what album, if it's even, if it's, I don't even know if they have new stuff out. They had reloaded, reloaded, loaded, re-crap, re crap, re crap, 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 all of Yeah. And I was like, I was like, it took me a minute to go, like, oh, this is a Metallica song? Yeah. And I was just like, I felt bad. I felt sad for him, yeah. to be honest with you. I was like, oh, you know, it wasn't, it didn't sound like disturbed, but it was just something that was just so formulaic and pitched and just shit. Yeah. That I was like, ugh. You know, it would have been yeah, better off if they got yeah. all, all three of them, uh, all, you know, the rest of them died on the bus, too. It's a hard, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a fucking hard one, man, but you know, on, on this level, they did, man. You know, I they did. You know, they did die on that bus. I think, you know, they knew that. I feel like they all kind of knew it. Cliff was like an ace in the hole for them, man. And the chemistry was there. And who knows what the actual next... I, I have thought about that. What would Injustice for All sound like? You know, what would that... What would the sound be like with Cliff Burton? And I think they were already working on that, you know, in Justice for All. And uh, it would have just been a trip to have heard it, you know. Uh, I really think they didn't even really have anything. They only had a concept of it, you know. Yeah. And whatever they did right, you know, it, it was written after Burton. And you could tell, man. You could just tell. It's not, it's not Cliff Burton, you know, it's just, it's not him. And, you know, he's just one of these guys who it's, a, that's the thing when you're looking up to someone that's fucking hardcore as Cliff, man, you know, and they, they exit, uh, they do take a lot with them, you know, inadvertently, well, I mean, that, you know, it, it's also it's damn near impossible, you know, to follow Master of Puppets with anything else. Yeah, it's, uh, you're just not really going to pull that off, you know. You're not going to pull it off. And they, it's still, 
that's the end. And some things are the end like that, man. They just are. Uh, and you have to just kind of let them go. And I, and I feel like people in Gen X that, you know, were there and were like as, as old as me and Josh here uh, listening to this. And if you are, you know, just accept uh, and be thankful for what we got. And I think that's that's Amen. that's that, that's where not, you're getting. You're not hearing it today. That's really you're you're not going to hear it today. It's over. Uh, there's a lot of phases coming into age that people have to accept, you know. And and I think you know, rolling with the times, they may not be as cool as what we had when we were younger. Obviously, it's without question. But uh, you know, and nothing's going to parallel that shit. Uh, the breakout. No, and I guess that that's the thing is that like you know, it, the eighties, you know, the late seventies, you know, the late late seventies, you know, saw the birth of metal, and it really came into its own in the eighties, and then it, you know, unfortunately, it was just like a lot of things in America and elsewhere, it just gets processed so much that it's like, you know, like we, you know, we go back to the rap thing, you know, rap came out, and that's what I was, t- again, you know, I, I talk about, you know, telling my kids various shit, but it's like, there was a rap version of everything in the world, there was a rap, you know, Christmas rap, <laughs> you know, cereal, you know, had to have a rap commercial, like, rap, 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 you know, and yeah. they had, there was a little bit of metal, you know, metal had that slight influence but you know it just it again it got it just got picked up and, and you know it turned into fucking white <coughs> it did you know <coughs> and it's, what's funny is that like you know some of the best metal like true metal that is out today is like comes from other countries yeah you know, I heard this fucking Egyptian band. It could have been Egyptian or Israeli, but they fucking, they shred. Dude, Brazil has so many fucking awesome metal bands or things like that. And of course, you know, I got to give it up to, to my people up in, in, in the Arctic Circle. You know, the fucking, the, the Norths and the Swedes, man. You know, fucking thank God for black metal. Because if it wasn't for black metal, it, metal would be lost. It would be gone. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. So, hmm. I mean, like, that sound that you hear right now is being reproduced, but it's just in another language. Well, and you're, you're not going <laughs> to hear American band, you're not going to hear American band sound like that anymore. Yeah. No, it's done, man. I'm all right with it. I'm all right that I was just lucky enough to be one of these small group of motherfuckers that really got to. And I know there's some kids that are just totally jealous of that, that really hold this kind of spirit. And they're like that dirty kid, kid Cliff Burton style, you know? Yeah. And yeah, uh, exactly. they, they still remember this shit. They hear it. They heard people from our generation playing it for them and they, and that spirit went right into them and I can't even imagine how desperate they kind of feel sometimes you know these younger people who feel 
they're stuck with the same spirit that we had, but we actually had the outlet at that time, you know? Yeah, for real. But I mean, they also didn't listen to this this album, you know, uh, on a tape, on a boom box, that the tape was stretched out. <laughs> and you would, hear, you would hear the tracks from the other side bleeding through, you know? Oh, the mixtapes too, that man. Fucking you listen to that tape so much, it was fucking thin. Yep. You know? Yeah, and you had to fucking literally unscrew it with a fucking sunglass fucking kit, you know, thing. And, mm-hmm. like, fix the tape inside, put a nice, gentle fucking strip of scotch tape over it, you know, and hopefully oh, fucking... Fuck right, man. Dude, I remember, like, going yep. in and putting, like, cotton swabs in there. You know, just to, to replace the little that little filter thing that would go over the tape, you know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I think it was like, uh, that was, it was Ride the Lightning I still have on tape. And it's like, I, I remember at one point I was like, I wouldn't put it in someone's tape deck because that shit was like filthy. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to fuck up my tape. And he's like, no, I won't, man. I was like, I remember just like... Blowing it out. <laughs> Yo, tapes were important, man. That that was like part of the shit. You and you always, everybody I knew, including myself, had a fucking favorite tape. You know, oh, right. that was that, just that, that was, was the one that got fucked up. That was like a week's pay, man. You know, tapes were were expensive. I mean, in, in the relation to inflation and everything like that. I mean, you know, it was. It was, you know, more than twenty dollars, you know, in, in a sense. Yeah, it and really was. Today, in today's standard, I mean, tapes were six ninety nine, eight ninety nine, maybe nine ninety nine. That shit was, you know, was pretty significant back in the day. It was, and you know, you were really working. You know, most people I knew were working to get that fucking money, man. Working some part-time job, doing some uh, some shit that, you know, you didn't necessarily want to do. You know, I lived on an oh, island. Yeah. We had to work the fast food fish chain, you know, the fried fish shit. Yeah, I'd fucking be like, you know, either washing, scrubbing my man pots and pans. That's what they called me. You know, but yeah. I'd get that but fucking you're, money. You're getting like a dollar fifty an hour. And I knew I was on my way to getting a new tape or some kind of rock and roll paraphernalia, a banner, a t-shirt, some shit. Like it, it was, it was going to happen, you know? And those were the days of the banners too, man, where, you know, you had oh, here we go. master here we go. of puppets. Listen. throwing his bass into a wall-off pedal. Holy fuck, man. And when you hear these notes, man, you're just like, and you remember that time period, and you're just like, fuck. And you were a kid, and you were, and how this affected you, you know?
with them all, man. That's some Juilliard shit. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what he told his dad, too? He said, Bach is God. <laughs> That's what he said. What I think is dope is that his parents have donated all of his posthumous like earnings uh, towards a music scholarship. It's beautiful, man. You know, Dave Mustang's kind of in the same field. And a lot of these guys uh, who are older now uh, are like really supportive of a younger uh, generation of like, you know, I've heard Dave Mustang's daughter's band, they're pretty, they fucking rip it up. I don't know what they're called, but they've been at it for a minute, man. And uh, I did get to watch, I did get to watch uh, in Hollywood with Dave Mustang and the other dude from Megadeth and Snoop Dogg's manager, Rick, uh, who I smoked a cavy cone with after that. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, it was cool to watch her, you know, and and she's, her and a number of other like young uh, people really are the fucking hope of any kind of continuation archivally of true metal, you know. Uh, it's good, you know, it, I feel like that is the thing, even though it's heyday, it come and gone and it's raw necessity, there's somehow it lives on. And I feel like it will resurface in the animosities uh, coming up, man. You know, and not everything's going to sound... I'm not dissing Slipknot, but I'm not a Slipknot fan. But I feel like wow. there is this... They don't hit the raw energies. And I, and I think that, you know, that will probably resurface the raw energy, man. Uh, maybe I'm a hopeful idiot, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right, though. I mean, yeah. Slipknot and corn and things like that, you know, they had, they had... It the, is what it is, you know. It is what it is, and that, you know, to go back it's to for the kids. Yeah. The, the way the samurai is, right. you know, you've got to kind of acknowledge the generational thing. Right, and it's important. Because, I mean, they're, they're, they, they have some toe tappers, I'm not going to lie, you know, that I... I it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I mean, at the same time, there's some songs that I like. I'm not going to admit to, you know, liking them in public or even bother to know the name of the track. But I mean, you know, I know the words. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And I tap, I tap my toe, and you know, but you know, but there's, you know, but they don't sound like that. They don't you know, sound like and, that. No, they don't. You know, and, I don't know, have you ever heard of this band called Greta Van Fleet? No. They are like an inclination of fucking Led Zeppelin. Okay. And they're pretty fantastic. But they already have Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I do like, know. What I don't mean. want to, you know, I don't necessarily want to hear another Metallica. But I want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear their spirit in it, you know. And that's what I feel like is missing. Uh, but I feel like it will resurface, man. Like, they're just, there's a raw, 
element that comes out of society through through music, man. When when the society is put through a specific rendering. And right now, we're kind of in the shit bill fucking thing where here you got these big power figures as usual through history, you know, like in, in politics specifically, holding fucking, you know, and not really giving a fuck about uh, a lot of these kids. I feel like that's what will produce the animosity that is needed for a good metal resurgence. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I always feel like this guy gets to judge drug level before something like that happens. I mean, what, what, does it take Detroit burning to the ground to, to, to get to that point? Well, it, we'll, we'll have to see. I think once uh, a lot of boundaries can be crossed by fucking... Uh, megalomaniacal fucking assholes, but, you know, once they hit a certain thing that affects, like, youth uh, in a way that fucking really cuts their ass, that's when the effect will take place. I don't know what that will take. I don't know what that will take. Uh, But I feel like these assholes push it enough to fucking find out. You know? And I think kids aren't gonna take it. I feel like that that rawness will will probably resurge, man, and not even electronically with all that kind of shit, but you know, with a real metal distortion sound. Mm-hmm. I I guess we're gonna wrap up the cliff cliff them all, kill them all, man, kill them all, kill them all, <laughs> kill them all. exactly, metal up your ass, Cliff Burton, man. I want to thank you and. I don't know if you can hear this show. I don't know where you're at. I just hope that you're just rocking it the fuck out like you did here on Earth, and I'm pretty fucking sure you are, man. And I just, uh, would like, uh, to see another Cliff Burton possibly come out in the future, man. And, uh, we'll see. We'll see. It may, I don't think we can ever get the originals back, but it would be nice to see another figurehead man whatever that looks like mm-hmm. I'm ready there's there's some Korean kid right now practicing the bass just listening to you know kill them all over and over just trying to master those lines yep <laughs> I love it whiplash it Nice. Smoke it up. Hello, Cliff Burton over here. Everyone, hi, Cliff. How you doing? <laughs> Y'all have been listening to Adam Air MD GED. Kill 'em all, MD GED. Underground cartoon therapy. Rest in peace, Cliff Burton.